My name is Brandon Wade, but you can call me Mr. Brandon Wade. You can call me B2. You can call me B squared. You can call me B Wade. But I got two rules for you if you're going to call me anything. Speak life and keep it real. If you do that, you're good in my book. Welcome to Pay It Forward. Whether this is a short episode or a long episode, I give you the greatest commodity that I have. Myself, who I am, who I'm learning to be, and who I've been. I give you my experiences. I give you my heart. I give you the parts of myself that even I don't necessarily want people to know. So if you're going to show up here, my only request to you is this. If you're blessed by anything that you hear from me, pay it forward to somebody else and speak life into the people that you're around. So let's check out what the show's about today. Ain't no clouds gonna make it rain. Showing up has not always been the easiest for me in my life. It's not particularly for any other reason than that. That's not really something I ever learned. What I mean by showing up is not doing things right or being in the right place or doing the right thing, but actually being present. Because the funny thing is, is whether you're going to have fun, whether you are going through something, whatever it is, it requires you to show up or reject showing up. And I don't really learn how to do that because, um, again, as I talked a lot of things about, you know, my dad, those are the examples of manhood that I always had, you know, wipe your tears off your face, you know, act like don't nothing bother you. Don't ever let them see you sweat X, Y, and Z. That was always my examples of manhood. You know, my dad, you know, he grew up in the streets, you know, he was, he wasn't really a, 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 a thief or nothing like that, but he was a hustler. So he taught me that same kind of mindset, you know, you know, don't ever let, no, never let, excuse my, excuse my stutter right there. Don't ever let somebody see you sweat. You know, don't ever let something look like it bothered you when it didn't or when it did. You know, don't ever make it seem that you are affected under any circumstance. So in our house, you know, there were only a couple emotions and things that were allowed. You know, anger was allowed sometimes. Um, sadness was pretty much never really allowed. My dad never wanted to really see me upset or crying about anything unless I had, like, uh, as he would say, a damn good reason for it. Um, laughter was good, but not too much. Um, uh, mostly just kind of a, 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 a calm sort of indifference. Like it was kind of like expected that you would just kind of be consistent in the way that you acted. And if you were not consistent, then there was going to be a problem. And, um, the only person that was really allowed to really, really get upset was my dad and sometimes my mom. My dad could get upset about anything. If he wanted to, he could. So as I was talking about in my last Pay It Forward, I was talking about the struggles that I personally had in being talented. You know, I talked about the different things I'd experienced. You know, I was an actor as a kid, you know, um, being a part of the Lion King um, at 11. They were going to pick me, but I begged God, like, please don't. And if you haven't heard that, just go back and check my uh, my last podcast. Um, it's available on all streaming sites. Um, the Lion King was kind of like, I really didn't want to do that, but they were going to pick me to be a part of that play. And the woman was like obsessed with picking me. 
Um, and I was like, please, God, do not allow that to happen. I didn't even know anything about God back then, but I was just like, look, whatever God out there, I just hope you listen to me. Please don't let them do that because I really didn't want the burden of being famous on top of the crap I was already going through. So God didn't let that happen. And I'm still grateful for that today because I 100% was not ready for the burdens and the stresses that were going to come with me being a public figure. Um, but recently I had a moment and it kind of ties into why I wanted to make sure that I did two podcasts this week. Cause we were talking about talents and expressing and giving to the world. Right. So, um, I was in this, uh, my, my spiritual community, I have a spiritual community. Um, and we meet, we meet really daily. A lot of us do. Um, but it's, it's a zoom call. And so a lot of us will meet on there and, uh, Recently, somebody was just talking about uh, their experience with 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 God and spirituality and all that. And I'm like, well, you know, I, I was listening to them and I really felt kind of. Like I felt kind of guilty and kind of just like, bro, I don't be experiencing. I don't feel that way. Like I felt really just kind of like in that moment, I felt hella dry. Like I felt just dry in myself, like just what have I done with myself through my life to where it feels like I'm not really enjoying or experiencing anything? Like I'm not having fun. I'm experience. I'm like experiencing fun, but it feels like muted, like kind of like someone else is experiencing it and not me. I taste food. The food tastes good, but it feels like somebody else is experiencing that. And you know how people talk about enjoying something like that word kind of, I'm not going to lie. That word hella triggers me sometimes like enjoy it. I'm like, stop, stop saying that. Because I don't I don't I don't really feel like I know what that means. And. I remember. Being on this call and I ended up staying on even a a little while longer and was just kind of talking. And it occurred to me. You know, it was like God spoke to me in that moment and said. You don't enjoy these things because you feel obligated to do them. And it was like he was saying, you feel that you have to do things. And you also feel that people have to do things for you too. And it just kind of ties into what I really want to talk about today, which was do it because you want to and do it because you can. And that's what I want to talk about today. Is the nature of doing something because you want to and the nature of doing something because you can. That was something that I was on and thinking about for a while when I was on this call was it was like I felt like it for a long time, you know, at least a year, two years longer than that. That a lot of things I've been doing, I ain't really done because I wanted to do them. I did because I felt an obligation to do them. Because I felt like if I don't do them, that other people are going to get hurt or something's going to happen or something like that. And that if I don't do this, and I bet there's people that's listening, you know, right now that feel the same way that I do. Feel like if you don't stand up, if you don't do this, if you don't come through, if you don't make sure that everything's good. Some of y'all feel like, I imagine some of y'all feel like you parents to your own parents. That if you're not the, 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 the mature, stable one, 
that everything going to fall apart in your life. Some of y'all have been the victim of obligation. And I'm just telling you right now, not only if that's you, I see you and I hear you and I understand where you coming from because that's how I felt. You know, I was the kid who was seven years old being a diplomat between my mom and my dad because they couldn't regulate their own feelings. It's not that I don't love my parents. And, you know, my mom and I, our relationship is a lot better. And my mom is much, much, much better at doing these things in her own life. But for me, when I was seven and eight, they didn't know how to do that. And neither did I. So I did what I could. I didn't know words. So I tried to learn them. My dad would call me in the room a lot of times and would just tell me terrible and upset, upsetting things about my mom. And I would be like, please stop doing that. And, you know, I ended up talking to, you know, as I had therapists later on, they were like, you know, it sounds like, you know, your, your, your dad, you know, he did the best he could with what he had. But it sounded like he felt like you were all he had, like that you were the only friend that he actually had. And I just want to say that it's a terrible and painful thing when a parent feels like the only friend that they have is their child. Because your child's not designed to be your friend, your child's designed to be your kid. It doesn't mean that your child is never going to inspire or encourage you. But I always feel chills down my spine when I hear people say things like I live for my kid. I'm like, don't do that. Don't do that to your kid. That ain't right. And I don't blame you because, again, it's a survival mode thing. You know, a lot of us, especially we black folk, a lot of us, you know, your great grandmother was a slave at some point. I mean, my literally my grand my my I have a grandmother and her mother was a slave. So like slavery ain't ain't too far in our lineage, you know, so we ain't have time to worry about whether we should or should not or do things right or wrong or things of that nature, because we was worried about surviving. We was worried about not getting kicked in the teeth or, or getting spotted and getting bit by dogs and stuff like that. So wasn't no time for emotional maturity back then. So it's understandable that my parents and those in those generations feel that way because that's what they were taught. And it's also understandable that it's our that we're coming to the knowledge that we have because our parents set the stage for us to do it. And it's also acceptable that to whom much is given, much is required. So because I've been given a lot of emotional experience and wisdom and maturity, it's required of me to do certain things. It's asked of me to do certain things. But let me tell you something about the truth of what I'm talking about here. What I do here on Pay It Forward, what I do here in my life, I do because I want to do it. It's not an obligation to me. And I've needed this reboot and reset on what it is I'm doing, because when you feel that something is obligated to you, it's very hard for you to say no to doing it. An honest no in life is better than a a dishonest yes any day of the week. And an enthusiastic yes is better than either of them. But it would much better be served if you were honestly saying no and honestly said, this is not what I'm going to do. This is not what I want to do. This is not what I'm going to do. That is much better served and serves others much better. You know, and it, it applies to a lot of different things, you know. And so I just thought about the ways that I've applied things in life and the ways in which I've experienced things the thing, the ways in which I felt like I had to do them, obligated to do them, felt like, hey, if you don't do it, your dad going to stop loving you. If you don't do it, he's not going to approve of you. And I experienced what that was like. And I know that there's people that have listened to that and experienced exactly what that's like. 
And for those who have, I'm so sorry. And I understand because it's like your parents or kids too. Just in bigger bodies. I wish that really wasn't the case. You know, all of our parents needed parents. And sometimes they didn't get parents. They got kids. And so when it was time for them to grow, they had kids too. They were kids too. And they raised their kids with all the knowledge they had. So you have 75-year-olds with six-year-old minds. 75-year-olds who are still eight on the inside. They're just older. An older eight. Man, one of the things that destroys the joy in doing something the most is obligation. How much more life do we have when we feel like we are doing the things that we genuinely want to do? The things in which encourage us to do the things in which if if no one ever paid you for it, you would still do them. The things in which serve communities and serve people in ways that. Directly and indirectly. It costs something to do something when you are not doing it because you're obligated to, especially if you come from a world where obligation is law. This is where many of us learn commitment, but not many of us learn respect and not many of us learn love. So what does unconditional love look like when what you know of love is commitment? I understood commitment because that's something that my dad taught. My dad was deeply committed. He was committed to my parents. He was was committed to my mom. He was committed to my, my family. He's committed to me. He's committed to his job. I deeply understand commitment and keeping your word and respecting what you say. I deeply understand that because that was a value that he taught. But unconditional love in the way in which I needed as in emotional support, as in the understanding that the feelings that you have, the experiences that you have are valid, that you are given the permission to have your own experiences And that your own experiences do not dictate the fullness of what is out there. That was not something my dad could give me because that was not something that he had. One of the wildest lessons I've ever learned about um, doing something and experiencing life is that someone, excuse me, someone can only give you what they themselves have. If they promise you a million dollars, but they only have a hundred dollars, they can only give you up to a hundred dollars. They cannot give you what they themselves do not have. So if they promise you certain things and they can't and they don't have it themselves, they're not going to be able to give it to you. They don't have the means to get it and they don't have it themselves. They cannot give they cannot give it to you. Sometimes we mean to give things to people. You know, when I was 21 and I was in my early relationships, there were a lot of things I meant to give my ex-girlfriend at that time and the ex-girlfriends after them. I meant to give them a lot of things, but I didn't have them myself. So no matter what I told them, it was not something I could give them. And I guess bringing it all around comes to what does it mean to do something because you want to and to do something because you can. Those things, I believe, really dictate our experiences and how we can really help people. Because you want to know something? I bet a lot of y'all have experienced what it's like, because I have, 
a friend who does something for you because they feel like they should, but you know they mad and they know you they, and they know they mad and everyone knows they mad. But they're just not saying nothing. They're not bringing it up, but you know they mad and you know they don't want to do it, but they're doing it anyway. And maybe they don't throw a fit in your face or maybe they act polite about it or whatever, but deep down you know that they're really angry about the fact that you you asked them to do it, but they said yes anyway. Or some of you have been on this experience, which has also been me, where you've pressured pressured somebody to do something for you because you told them things like they're the only one that can help you. And if if you don't help me, I'm sunk and I'm screwed and X, Y, and Z. And you got someone to do it for you. And deep down, you felt really resentful of yourself or of others because you didn't have the means to see it done. I realized in my life that was not what I wanted out of anything, out of my friendships, out of anything like that. I want people to do for me in the same spirit that I do for them. Which is because I want to and because I can. It's something that I've seen throughout, you know, the different people I've known, because I know a couple people now where we grew up in high school together and like now they're single parents and some of them are married. Some of them are in relationships, but some of them are single parents. And I can sense the feelings of obligation that they have to their child because they're like, I never really wanted to have a child. But I know that I'm not going to try to hold this child responsible for what happened. But at the same time, I get up every day in this morning because I think of my kid and that gives me the strength to give up and get up. And I'm like, that's a beautiful sentiment. But we need to stop applauding that and start helping those people. Because. I can tell sometimes that even though they, they do these things for their kid, they resent having to do them. They do it because they have to. Or they feel that they have to, but they resent their kids. And I was like, if you really thought about it. Your kid doesn't deserve that resentment. You know, my dad used to tell me stories about things that happened with his um, with his mother and how she basically paid, treated him and things like that. And it explained why he would acted like he did towards me. And he truly did the best that he could. And he's the reason why I have a lot of the position in which I have now. So I'm not judging him, but I am trying to make a point here that a lot of us have experienced what it's like to have someone do something for you deep down and they didn't want to do it. I remember before my dad died, um, there was one time I needed him. I wanted him to do something for me. Like I wanted him to like, you know, take me somewhere up to school or something like that. And I wanted him to pick me up. It was sometime around my birthday. And he said, no, I can't do that. And you want to know something? I was ecstatic. I was over the moon that he said no, because I was so happy that he said no, instead of saying yes to something that he didn't want to do. Because my dad was the type prior to that point that would have said yes and would have hung it over my head for for months or even years sometimes. And that's been a lot of the struggles that I've dealt with in my own life, doing things for people, but being kind of feeling resentful towards them because I was doing it. Yeah, answering the question, solving the problems, but feeling like I still don't like you. I'm doing it, but I don't like you. You know, I'm doing it because of an idea that I have of myself. Maybe I want to feel like a good person in this moment. Maybe I want to feel like I'm not a failure in this moment. Maybe I want to feel like there's something connected to me that isn't failing right now in this moment. So I'm not only attaching what I'm doing to you or to the people that I'm doing it to. 
I'm attaching I'm attaching it to my own identity and that's hurting me and it's hurting them too because people can feel it people can feel when you're doing something for a reason that's not true and sometimes to be honest I'm just scared of saying no what if I said no and they stopped loving me what if I what if I wasn't the positive speaking life speaking person what if I just wasn't on that vibe would they love me anyway so for me, it just showed me a lot of things about my own relationship with God, because if you if you do believe in Jesus in that way, then, you know, you're always taught that God loves you unconditionally. And then right after that, they spin the block and give you a bunch of conditions. They're like, oh, yeah, no, 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 no. He loves you. But like, listen, here's all these things you need to do. And if you don't, if, boy, if you miss one of them, I'm telling you, whoo, boy, he don't love you. So so a lot of people do not conscribe to the to the idea of Jesus and or Christianity for that exact reason. They're like. I could spend time loving people unconditionally rather than thinking I'm being loved unconditionally and then finding out there's a bunch of stuff I'm supposed to do. And how much do we bring that into our own lives, our friendships, our schools, um, our communities, our governments? I don't want to do it, but I do it because I have to. I do it because I'm required to. I do it because I'm asked to. And I better not say no. Oh, boy. Just imagine if marriages weren't like that. Just imagine the day that friendships weren't like that, that people could be their real selves around people. And they wouldn't get kicked in the face for it. That we didn't all have to act like we agreed with everything someone said in order to be their friend. That it was safe to be in disagreement with each other. That we could still love and accept each other. Man, that day is going to be powerful when that happens. But how can we do that and we don't accept ourselves? And that was the biggest thing with me. Is the one thing that I deeply wanted from my dad, and I'm starting to see it happen in my everyday life today, um, is that I wanted people around me that were willing to, at the very least, accept me for me, wherever I am right now, and then be with me on the journey as I grow. Because who I am right now ain't going to be who I am a month from now. You know, God willing, who I am right now ain't going to be who I am a year from now. So I don't particularly like judging people for where they are. I say, man, you ain't going to always be that. You know, whether you progress or regress, you're still not going to always be that. But progression or regression has nothing to do with love. Or support or kindness. And imagine if we genuinely gave the kindness that we had out of our own spirit because we wanted to and because we could. The bottom line is there's a lot of times I either wanted to and couldn't and I tried to give it anyway. And there were other times where I could and I didn't want to and I tried to give it anyway. And you want to know something that don't serve nobody. It don't serve God. It don't serve them. It don't serve you. It don't serve nobody. You give them to people because you got to because you feel like you have to. And they say, well, you got to do it because that's your brother. You got to do it because that's your friend. No, absolutely not. And I understand that there may be some right now that are living in households where they are under a sense of obligation. I'm so sorry because I understand what that feels like. And there are areas, you know, and I hope that I'll be able to give resources and things to areas that will teach you how to be able to serve people in your own way about the things in which you can do and want to do. I'm sorry for every 
person is listening on this line that has found out when they needed a parent that their parent was a kid. And that their parent needed love too. For every person on this line that's felt like they had to raise a parent. This is the stuff that I want to see us talk about more. Because there's ways for all people to grow. I mean, my mom and I's relationship has grown exponentially. But my mom has always been willing to talk to me. And so have I been willing to talk to her. And in the same manner, I've been finding new life in the things in which I'm doing. Because if you feel like you have to do it or you feel like someone has done something for you because they had to, it's very hard to enjoy what someone is giving you. Because if you feel like at that moment they did it because they had to do it, and here's the kicker with this. Here's the real kicker with this. In my mind, I always felt like if there wasn't a transaction, meaning you gave me something because I gave you something, then it implied a debt, which means I owe you something because you gave me something and I didn't give you something in return. How how much do all of us feel that in our own personal relationships? That because you gave something or someone gave something to you and you didn't give them something in return, it implies a debt, which is implying that that person is indirectly or directly holding you responsible for paying them back or giving them something that you don't want to give. For example, that was an experience with me with my dad. I could tell you anything my dad gave me. Oh, boy. Six months, a year, two years down the line. Oh, he was going to get it back. If it wasn't that he wasn't going to take it back himself, he was going to ask something of me and be like, you can't say no because of what I gave you. 100%. But a gift doesn't work like that. A gift is something you give because you want to and because you can and you have the means to give it. So I promised that I would do that with Pay It Forward, that I didn't care whether nobody applauded me, whether somebody said, hey, bro, this this podcast was heat, whether one person listened to it, whether zero people listened to it, whether a thousand people listened to it. I promised that I would do this podcast as a gift because I want to and because I can. I've been gifted a lot of things and I can do it. And in the event that I can't do it or I don't want to do it, then my answer is no. Imagine if our relationships had that kind of security. Soon enough, we won't have to imagine it. But imagine when our relationships have that kind of security that you can be around somebody and say, hey, man, today is not a good day for me to talk to you. I don't want to talk to you right now, but I'm open to talk tomorrow. Imagine when our relationships have security enough to where we can say, no, that's not something I can give you today. Or absolutely, I can give that to you. That's a delight for me to do it. And I'm doing it because I want to imagine when our relationships have that kind of security. And imagine if people were able to realize that that's how God feels about us. That God like. I give to you because I want to. And because I can, not because I have to, not because you owe me or I owe you, because I want to. And I choose to because I can. Well, again, speaking to somebody who believes in Jesus, I would say there'd be a lot more people who did if we felt that way about God. But it is what it is, like I told y'all. It's better to be a real person 
with a real no, stand on your real ten toes about what you say and don't say, then be somebody that says yes to everything, even though you don't want any parts of it. So my hope is always that anyone that I talk to, anybody I speak to, anybody I think about, then I'm always speaking life over them. Because life is something that comes naturally for me. If if I wasn't doing it here, I would be doing it somewhere else. Because to be honest, it's something I like to do. I like to speak life into people. I like to speak encouragement to people. And it's not about being positive because I tried the positive vibes only thing. Let me, let me, let me make sure that y'all know that I tried that already. It doesn't work. The only way that I continue to grow is by continuing to learn to accept all the sides of myself, the rage side, the wrath side, the shame side, the longing side, the happy side, the hungry side. I got all kinds of sides of me. And the more I accept about who I am, the more I can see who is taking me and where I'm going. The less I feel obligated to do anything because I already know that that's what I want. They're not asking me to do anything I don't want to do. And how many times have we taught that obligation comes before desire? How many times by society and by people and by friends and by family and by teachers are we taught that obligation comes before desire? That you need to do what is required of you and maybe you will do what you want to do. Well, let me tell you something about that. That's called survival mode. What all you know to do is what you know to do. And you live that way and you think that you've lived a satisfying life. And truthfully, it's not it, 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 it isn't. It doesn't matter whether what you've dealt with is a struggle or it isn't. If you are doing it out of obligation, there will never be a sense of freedom and a sense of joy in what you do. It doesn't matter if you're the most righteous sounding person in the world, whether you whether you uh, whether you pray in long um, in, in, in long Hebraic prayers, whether you are um, whether you are the most successful monk and you've abstained for 20 years or whether you um, whether you know all of the, 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 the angel numbers necessary to manifest. If you do those things out of obligation you will not have satisfaction in any area of your life. And the people that are connected to you will also not feel satisfied because they will feel that you are doing it out of obligation. They will feel the sense of duty that you have. And even if they respect it, they will always usually feel very hurt and very alone. That's how people feel alone in relationships. How many times have people done things because they say, I have to do it. This is my girlfriend. I have to do it. This is my wife. I have to do it. And just like my mentor talked to me about before, he said, you need to consider that you don't have to do something, but there are things that you get to do. See, pay it forward is something that I get to do. This is something that I get to choose to do. I have the equipment. I have the setup. I have the connection. I have the ability to do this. And it's something that I get to do. It's not something that I have to do. And it's also something that I want to do. People have misplaced desire with difficulty. Haven't you ever had something in your life that was difficult, but you wanted to do it? 
I mean, how many people run marathons and train and go to the Olympics and do all types of feats and, and, and go on long fast and do all these amazing things? Because they want to. Not because they have to. They get to do it, they want to do it, and they can do it. How many people in life are inspired by people who genuinely do things because they want to do them? Is that not the core inspiration of life? To do something because you genuinely want to do it? Is that not what inspires human beings? That's what I've been missing. In my community, in every place I've been, it's been missing from me the desire to actually want to do it. You know, I even had a little bit of that today. I was like, okay, well, if I don't do this X, Y, and Z, what happened? I'm like, I'm doing it for the wrong reason. I just thought about today. I was like, I'm doing it for the wrong reasons. Because if you feel like you have to do something, that, that saps the joy out of anything you do. And people can feel that. Oh, my God. So you think about the passions that you have. You know, like me, I have not only a passion for this work, but I have a passion for electronics. I love electronics. I'm a, you know, I'm a nerd, square gang. It's always been like that. I have a passion for electronics. I like doing this stuff. And I get to do it too. And I do it for two reasons. Because I want to do it and because I can do it. It doesn't matter whether somebody else around me likes what I do. It's irrelevant because it's not what they want to do. It's what I want to do. You know, when I get on my, when I get on my spiritual group or whatever, we pray, I do that. When I do do that for the right reasons, I do it because I want to. Not because I have to. And because I can do it. So what about all the things that we can contribute to life that we could do because we can do it and because we want to do it? This is the way out of survival mode, y'all. I don't really know entirely what it looks like, but I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. This is the way out of survival mode. Because survival mode does out of obligation. You eat because you need your fuel, because you need to be able to keep running. You know, you, you, you sleep because you need your, you need you need to be able to sleep so you can keep your eyes open. You drive because you need to get where you got to go. You go to work because you need to you need to make sure that there's food on the table. The food on table ain't even the food you want. What about the things that we could do, whether they're small or large, that we love doing because we can do it and because we want to do it? A world that's open to the things in which God teaches us is going to be a powerful world and a powerful people indeed. But this is where my power comes from, is in wanting to do it, is in being able to do it. There's so many places in which I've done things and I felt like, oh, God, I've got to do this. No, I don't. I don't have to do anything. And there's no kick in the teeth that's going to make me do something if I don't want to do it. I'm in a position where I can say that. And it's terrifying because this is not a position I've ever been in in my life where I could choose to do something because I just want to do it and because I can do it. But isn't that the most powerful position you could be in to do something because you choose to and to do something because you can? And doesn't it empower us to say no to the things you can't do? It's going to be a powerful society that moves past the idea of survival and sacrifice. And understands that even difficult things can be can be done in joy. 
So for those that are listening that are in the Christian community, let me explain to you this one. God and Jesus were both in agreement with what they chose to do. God wanted to send Jesus to save us. Jesus wanted to do it not only to please his father, but because he saw us. Jesus didn't choose, didn't do it because he had to do it. He did it because he wanted to, and he did it because he could. Whether you believe in that or not, I'm speaking to that mission and that assignment on the Christian community. But to those who think what I just said is wild, by all means, whatever it is you commit to in life, do it because you want to and do it because you can. That's where it becomes rewarding. That's when you don't need somebody else's applause. That's when you don't need somebody else's help. That's when you don't need somebody else to pat you on the back and be like, good job. Is if you do it because you want to and if you do it because you can, it don't matter whether somebody else next to you can do it. They might not be able to do it. That also causes you to put people out your ear that don't have the ability to do what you can. They may not be able to do that, so they might be standing there thinking, oh, no, I don't know how you're going to do that one. Well, yeah, they don't know because they can't do it. And that's okay. Maybe they can't do that. But that ain't none of their business. You do it because you want to and you do it because you can. You shut the haters out. So my life's being my life speaking, my life word, the word of life that I'm speaking on to everybody on this 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 uh this podcast is that anybody that's listening under the sound of my voice, may you today look at your life, take a long examination, look at your life and all the areas that you do something in your life that you are doing because you feel I have to do this. If I don't do this, everything is gonna collapse. Or if I don't do this, this is gonna happen. And you consider those things. You look at them for what they actually are and you find the things in life that you can choose to do because you want to and you can choose to do because you can. And may those things no longer become an obligation to you that you feel that you have to do. May those burdens be lifted off of you when you deal with crazy co-workers or crazy schoolmates or crazy friends. May those burdens be lifted off of you because you don't have to do anything for them. But. What you do for them, you can do because you want to and because you can. So that's my prayer for everybody that listens and everybody that's under the sound of my voice. May you do what is in your spirit, what God has placed within you, because you want to and because you can. And may you leave it at that. In Jesus' name, amen. Real talk, man. Y'all have been with me on my own life journey. I've talked y'all through a lot of stuff. There's been a lot of stuff that I ain't necessarily wanted to share, but it's just always felt like I w- I needed to say different things. I personally think in thinking my keeping my different levels and different views on spirituality private, but the reality is that this is a part of me, just like, you know, playing video games or anime is a part of me. You know, the life in which I live is a part of me. And it doesn't really matter whether somebody else agrees with that or not because it's not their life. At the same time, I believe the values in which I talk about can be applied regardless of what you believe or don't believe. There's a lot of things I've talked about in my own life as a man. It's not going to apply to every person because every person is not a man. However, I still think the values in which I talk about are apply applicable, whatever your age is, whatever your belief system is. 
And the last thing I remember my mentor said before I got off the line with him, he said, you got a lot of you got a lot of shit to share with the world. That's what he said. I'm not really a big fan of cussing, but that's what he said. And I was like, you're right. I do. I have a lot of things to give to this world. And I am far from done giving. So the same thing I say applies to everything. If you on the pay it forward gang, if that's really what you're about, I'm not looking for good people. I'm looking for real people. Because truth be, truth be told, I don't believe there are any good people out there or bad people. I just believe there are people that make choices. I've made a lot of terrible choices. I made a lot of really good choices. But your choices don't really define who you are. You know, your choices are just what you've done at that moment. But you can commit to a course. And I guess that could be defined as a good or a bad person or whatever. But regardless of what you do, you know, I just pray that it leads you in the, the direction that is not only going to help you, but help others and ultimately be a service to God. So that's my life. Give it, learn, learn, speak experiences and pay it forward to others. This is what I do in my life. This is what I this is what I'm going to continue to do. And as long as God keep me on this earth is what I'm going to do. And guess what? I do it because I want to and I do it because I can. And that feels really good to say, man, I love y'all. Um, guest segments that I've been talking about, I've been talking about it for a minute. Um, I've got a couple guests I want to get on there. You know, there's going to be a few people that as I get a chance to talk to them and get a chance to get a scenario in which we can get some good audio together and some other technical issues, we can get all that stuff resolved. I'm going to get them on the call. We know we may even branch out into some video podcasting. Who knows? You know, this, you know, there's a lot of things that's done that's being done. But if you do pray, y'all pray for me because I'm looking for people who, you know, can communicate and people who understand what, you know, the task that needs to be done. And wherever those people come from, you know, I'm just happy and I just pray that they're able to do and serve the way that we'll be able to serve the people because pay it forward is a lifestyle, man. It ain't just a podcast. So I love y'all out here. Y'all stay up. Speak life over people. Keep it real. I told y'all y'all be good in my book if y'all do that. All right. Stay up out here. Peace and shalom. Let's take it easy. <laughs>